0: This is Rumble with Michael Moore, and I'm Michael Moore.
1: Come, you ranks of labor, come Union Corps, and see if you remember the struggles of before. When you were standing helpless on the outside of the door, and you started building links. On the chain, on the chain, and you started building links. And the police on the horses were waiting on demand Riding through the strike with a pistol in their hand Swinging at the skulls of many a union man As you build one more lane on the chain, on the chain As you build one more lane on the chain
0: the dead of winter, folks, and everyone's hunkering down, hunkering down to avoid Omicron, or, well, at least you should be, but some people can't. They're the people who feed us, clothe us, who bring us our packages, and um, I don't drink coffee, but maybe in your case, they're the people that give you the coffee you need to start your day. Or perhaps some of you who are listening, you are those people, the people that we like to call essential workers. Well, for nearly two years, workers in all sectors of the service industry have been working through grueling, unsafe conditions without adequate personal protection gear, with no recourse to protect themselves from customers who come in to scream at them without a mask on because their venti latte didn't have enough foam. Do I have that right? Venti, venti latte? Again, I have to admit, I'm, I'm not much of a coffee uh, person. But what I have been following is the inspiring campaign out of Buffalo, New York. So they've had a vote at uh, three of the Starbucks locations in the Buffalo area. And two of them have voted in the union. And they are the first unionized Starbucks anywhere across the United States of America. My friends, this is huge. And it's an historic victory for an industry, service, fast food, et cetera, that is defined by harsh working conditions at low wages for something that was, by our own government, defined as essential businesses from the start of this pandemic. And about all that got you was people banging their pots and pans for you at seven o'clock every night not much else because you're still vulnerable you still have to work there and moreover starbucks itself when you think about this company it was practically built from the ground up to stifle any kind of union activity any kind of organizing so this was truly an uphill battle in buffalo and these wins um, are already making a seismic impact. So I'm excited to have on two of the main organizers from the Starbucks Workers United on today's episode of Rumble, uh, Jazz Brisek and Casey Moore, uh, no relation, uh, both out of Buffalo to tell us about this historic win and why it's just the start of the struggle. So I'm going to thank a couple of our underwriters here for today's episode you may want to just start sharing this with uh, uh, friends, family, co-workers at your places of employment that do not have a union uh, to protect you. But let me just give a shout out here to my underwriters for today. And the first one is Netflix. Uh, Netflix has uh, been a long-time supporter and underwriter of this uh, podcast. I'm extremely grateful for that. And for today, Netflix, in underwriting uh, today's episode, is doing so by putting forth and promoting their incredible documentary called Procession by the acclaimed filmmaker, Robert Greene. Procession follows the cathartic journey of six men as they come together to collectively work through their trauma by directing a drama therapy inspired experiment through a radically collaborative filmmaking process. They create fictional scenes based on their memories and experiences surrounding their abuse by the Catholic Church over the years. It's, this is an amazing documentary because it blends in all the, the church rituals, the culture, the hierarchies, all the systems that worked hand in hand to silence any complaint from the abused. I've never seen this ha- done in a documentary like this It's a unique approach. It allows the subjects of this film, Procession, to not only talk and listen, but to be seen and heard, reclaiming their agency in the process. These men form a makeshift family and a support network, proving that none of them are alone. This is an incredible film. You have to see this. It's been hailed by critics across the country as one of the best documentaries of the year. Procession is a powerful film where reclaiming the story is the story itself. And I fully and highly recommend watching Procession, now streaming on Netflix. I also want to thank another incredible film. Yes, we have two films supporting this podcast today and and, and supporting my work. So thank you very much uh, again to National Geographic. They have a documentary film out called The First Wave with exclusive access inside one of New York's hardest hit hospital systems during the first terrifying four months of the pandemic, Oscar nominated an Emmy award winning director, Matthew Heineman, great filmmaker, by the way. Uh, this is his film. This is his next film. The first wave it spotlights the everyday heroes that were at the epicenter of COVID-19 when it began as they came together to fight one of the greatest threats the world has ever encountered. Matthew's the kind of filmmaker who when something's happening, he doesn't wait for uh, everybody else to figure it out or the pundit class to tell us what's going on. He and his team they pick up the cameras and they go and they did this, not knowing what would happen or or it's just it's an amazing film, The First Wave. It documents the impact of what was then a deadly new coronavirus on the patients and on hospital workers, and he does it with sensitivity, but without sanitizing the suffering. You know, this is not one of these things where they tell you on cable news, you may want to look away, or we're not going to show you the whole thing. Matthew shows you the whole thing here in the first wave. It's also up for consideration this year for Best Documentary Feature at the Academy Awards, Cool, and it is now streaming on Disney+. Plus, uh, our third underwriter uh, of the episode, then we're going to get right to the Starbucks uh, workers and their union, is stamps.com. Whether you're a small business owner, sending mail to a big extended family, or just trying to stay safe uh, these days, sometimes you don't have the time to deal with the hassle of going to the post office. So with stamps.com, you can skip the trip and never waste another dollar or a minute. Stamps.com lets you print official postage right from your computer no special supplies or equipment needed and it is approved and licensed by the United States Postal Service my crew and I use stamps.com when we're making our films doing lots of shipping traveling etc we always have stamps on us because we subscribe to stamps.com it lets you access all of the post office and also UPS shipping services that you need no no, they are They worked something out there. So you've got the post office and UPS giving you what you need without you having to go to either the post office or UPS. And you get discounts that you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off postal service rates and 76% off UPS rates. So get your new year off to a good start by saving time and money with stamps.com one of our wonderful underwriters of Rumble with Michael Moore. And by the way, you can sign up with the promo code MORE, my last name, M-O-O-R-E, for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. So just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code MORE, M-O-O-R-E.
1: When the police on the horses were waiting on demand, riding through the strike with a pistol in their hand.
0: So, we have with us here uh, two of the people who um, helped to lead this incredible movement. Uh, the union is called, as I said, uh, Starbucks Workers United. And my two guests are two members of that union uh, who have uh, succeeded up in Buffalo, and we're gonna get into their story and how this happened and and how those of you who are working at places that are not unionized could possibly make it happen uh, where you work. Uh, welcome uh, to Rumble, uh, Jazz uh, Brizick and Casey Moore, no relation. Uh, but, uh, but, but a proud name uh, for any union organizer. How are you two? <laughs>
2: doing great. Thank, thank you, so you so much, much for much having,
0: having us. Oh, yeah. No, no. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for what you've done. And I think for people that are not aware of this, because I know this started back, there's, there's as I recall, there's three different Starbucks locations up there. One in Buffalo, one in, uh, is it Elmwood? And what's the third? Uh, was it Genesee? Yes.
3: Yeah, so there are three elections um, held so far. The two that are um, unionized are Elmwood and Genesee. And then there's been... Three more in Buffalo and a bunch more around the country going to votes following.
0: Okay, wow, that's incredible. So walk this back a little bit and start at the beginning and tell people how this occurred because those of us who are just civilians who just uh, you know uh, I'm not really I hate I should should I admit at the beginning of the episode that I'm not a coffee drinker? Um, that's okay. You have tea. I've had tea. I've had oatmeal at Starbucks. So I'm, I'm I am I am familiar with starbucks but but um this this is um this is new and rare and amazing and so i want you to tell uh, our listeners here how this happened and how this happened in a place we lovingly call buffalo
3: well i think it started honestly before the pandemic um with a coffee shop unionizing called Spot Coffee. And those baristas overcame a lot of union busting from spot uh, management and formed their union, um, won a really good contract, and inspired baristas across the country to do the same thing. Um, Whether that was um, Colectivo and some of the other unions that have started organizing, and one or Starbucks workers. So I know the first Starbucks workers to reach out about unionizing reached out in 2019. So it was a long time coming. Obviously the pandemic interrupted that um, and put things on hold for a while, but certainly there's Starbucks workers everywhere who've talked about this for a long time.
0: All All over the country, right?
3: Exactly. What happened in Buffalo was a perfect meeting of a very strong union town. Um, Baristas able to take on the fight and a union willing to back us up.
0: And who who is backing up? You call it Starbucks Workers United. Is that a part of uh, the AFL or some other union or is it its own entity?
3: It's part of Workers United.
0: Workers United, right. Okay.
3: That's a union that's a independent affiliate of SEIU, Um, but workers United right. upstate New York is really committed to organizing this industry, um, which started with spot and is now growing.
0: And what do you call the industry itself? Are we talking about uh, food workers, uh, fast food workers? Uh, what, what, what is the kind of the, the goal and the focus of the organizers?
2: Yeah, I would say, You know, we're talking about the service um, sector industry, really, Um, and Mm -hmm. folks, like you said, who are baristas at Starbucks, baristas at Spot, um, you know, folks who are fast food workers. And, you know, I think a lot of the people that have been called essential workers throughout this pandemic, um, you know, who were deemed essential enough to risk their lives to go into work to make sure people could pick up. Whether that was a coffee or a hamburger or whatever it was, um, but you know, haven't been given the resources or wages or working conditions that they deserve, especially being called essential workers.
0: Right, that's that's a very important point to make, and and the and what kind of what are the safety concerns that you and the other workers have? Because I've read that there have been there's a number of places that. Um, Uh, seem to have little concern during COVID for the people that are working for their company.
3: Well, I can speak to that as a partner at the Elmwood store that walked out over COVID safety um, last week, because what happened was we had an outbreak of COVID in our store and, Mm. um, you know, people were, people tested positive and then, About a third of the store ended up being on self-isolation, and we met with the company and asked them, you know, can we close the store? Can we get KN95s? Can we change the policy so that we can deny service to people who aren't complying with the statewide mask mandate? And all of our requests, they said no to. Um, So we ended up feeling like we had no choice but to walk out to try to keep safe.
2: And I I would just like to add to that, you know, Starbucks, Starbucks's response to COVID concerns has not been actually about our health and safety. It's about union busting. So, for example, um, in Arizona, um, there was a there's a store that's filing for a petition that is about to have their election and they had two confirmed COVID cases and the store was shut down for five days at the same time that the Elmwood store, they wouldn't shut it down um, for the same reason. Um, Similarly, we just had a store that filed for a union election in Cleveland, Ohio, which is really exciting. They filed for a petition on Monday. Guess what? Today's Wednesday. And Starbucks just announced that for Cleveland, they're going to drive through and mobile order pickup only. Wow. So it's, yeah, so it's really, it's not a concern for our safety. Unfortunately, it's, it's a concern to bust our union and it's very obvious at this point that they're only choosing to do so when, when they think it can, it can benefit them. But when it actually comes to our health and safety, that's not um, clearly a concern.
0: So what was, what was the original thinking in terms of you and your, uh, your fellow, your coworkers there when you first started thinking about maybe we should consider unionizing? What was there a, a moment? Was there some epiphany uh, something, uh, that the company did. I'm just, just start at the, what sparked this and, and why you thought it might be possible, uh, to, to organize as a union at Starbucks.
3: I mean, I think, you know, I'm a bit of a labor history nerd. I've been since I was 16. I think there's not a workplace in the country that shouldn't have a union. Um, and I think working at Starbucks and realizing how many people were attracted to Starbucks because of the values that they profess to have. They say that they embrace activism, whether that's, you know, Black Lives Matter or LGBT rights or animal rights. Um, why not union rights? And turns out um, there was a whole lot of Starbucks partners who were interested in organizing around labor rights as well.
0: So it didn't... it. When you first started putting out the idea to people, which had to have been a little scary because you, you didn't know who might go and tell management that you were thinking of doing this, what was the response? What was the initial reaction from your fellow workers?
2: Right. I think, um, you know, from my perspective, I my dad is in the teacher's union, but so I'd always had, like, a positive idea of, about a union. You know, so to be honest, though, when I first heard about a union at Starbucks, though, I was like, I've never heard about unions in the service Industry, um, You know, like, how does that even work? Like, with with a chain like Starbucks, right? There's so many stores, like, how is this even going to work? So, you know, after I was able to, um, like, learn about spot and things like that, I was like, okay, maybe this is something that could work for me and my coworkers too. But I honestly, like Jazz said, I think there was a lot of actual excitement when the idea was kind of spreading around Buffalo. Like, a lot of people had, had thought about this before, but were honestly... Um, scared because of the company's anti-union history. Um, So there was a lot of fear, I think, that, you know, as this campaign has gone on, I think a lot of that has receded um, because we've been empowered and we can see, you know, what we can do when we all stand together um, and stick up for each other and fight for for our right. But, you know, Starbucks has continued to union bust um, around the country.
0: Which is illegal, which is illegal to union bust. Right. Yeah.
2: And, you know, we we've filed allegations with the NLRB, so they'll be the ones that ultimately decide what is legal and not legal. But, um, you know, we've seen everything from listening sessions, which are really anti-union meetings to, you know, threats where they say things like you could lose your benefits to, um, yeah, just spying and intimidation tactics to try to um, do anything they can to stop us from unionizing.
0: Now. Uh, again, for the civilians, those of us who are listening to this, who are, have never never been employed by Starbucks, you know, we watch the commercials and we see all the, the, the shiny, happy people uh, when we go in there. And Starbucks spends a lot of money telling us, the public, that things are not only so hunky-dory there. Uh, it's a great place to work. Uh, people are treated well. They're treated like human beings. Uh, there's all these uh, benefits, uh, and uh, on on uh, on top of all all of that, why it's so nice to work here. We don't even we don't even refer to them as employees or workers. They're partners, and I you used that word a little bit earlier, and I, I and I thought, well, don't Mike, don't make a point of this because. I don't want anybody to lose their job here because you referred to yourself as an employee uh, and not a, a partner. But just for the people listening, I don't want them to think that the two of you have a one-third share in all the <laughs> all the Buffalo Starbucks.
3: <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that.
0: <laughs> just in case there's any confusion. But but no, but seriously, what do you think? I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Those, the public thinks that Starbucks is one of these kind of – uh, progressive, liberated uh, organizations. What's the truth?
3: I mean, I think for one thing, we're working in an industry that's artificially, you know, low wage, low benefit, um, and you know, people are in precarious positions. And Starbucks is a little better than a lot of other employers, and so far they've managed to, you know, bust every union that's tried to organize in the past by pointing to that. And I think we really came together to say, just because something's better than it could be, why can't it be the best it can be? Instead of defining Starbucks around, you know, is it better than McDonald's? Is it better than Dunkin' Donuts? We're saying, why isn't Starbucks the best that it can be as Starbucks? Because when you have corporate folks worth billions of dollars and, you know, partners that can't pay rent and put groceries in their fridge, something's wrong. And there's no reason that this industry is paid so much less than manufacturing or other industries. The reason that we're paid so much less is because we have no unions.
0: It seems like Howard Schultz and I've, you know, I've read his stuff uh, over the years and seen him on shows and whatever. Uh, Part of the Starbucks business model has been to ensure that there are no unions. It seems like the his business model for Starbucks has and and his uh, you know part of I guess the propaganda is that our workers partners uh, don't need a union because we treat them so well. I mean, yes, you need a union if you know people are getting whipped out back or whatever, but you know you don't need one here because we're a happy place to work and we treat everybody differently than those other places you mentioned
2: right and michael do we have a howard schultz story for you um
0: <laughs> oh, go- please please let me get the camera crew in
2: <laughs> i know we, we
0: might be ready, there you know,
3: we might need a cam- we might let's revisit that we might need you with a camera crew down the road <laughs> um, i'm
0: i'm, I'm I, I always i accept most invitations so thank you for that i you know, always i always want to help you know for, i mean i don't know what you know about me but i'm my uncle uh, was in the sit-down strike that founded the United Auto, Auto Workers, the UAW, uh, back in 1937. And um, so this has been, you know, in my family forever. But uh, but tell me about the, the Howard Schultz story that he would not want you to tell me.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, so leading up to this, I mean, to, to go back to your point about, you know, Starbucks as a progressive company, I think, you know, honestly – I was, and I think a lot of other partners were, like, a bit naive about what to expect from Starbucks because there is this kind of feeling about that Starbucks is better. You know, Starbucks isn't Amazon. They're not Walmart. You know, these, these big companies that you think of as not having the same mission and values and respect for workers. But unfortunately, the truth is that, you know, a lot of that talk is hollow, Um, And it is just for PR. And I think what we're trying to do is make Starbucks live up to those mission and values that they stand for. Because a lot of people do love um, Starbucks and do want to make it better. But um, going back to our Howard Schultz story, um, this was like leading up right before the first three elections up here in Buffalo. And we all got this text and this this big thing. And it was like, there's going to be a surprise guest. Like come (laughs) to, what hotel was it at? It was at the Hilton I or something so. like that. Some fancy hotel. In Buffalo? Yeah, in Buffalo.
0: So there's going to be a surprise guest uh, at, at, in Buffalo for all the area Starbucks uh, workers.
2: Partners. Right. And even better, you get paid to go. You get paid oh. and there will be food. Drinks and small bites. Yes. The
3: drinks were Pike Place Coffee. <laughs> Continue.
2: So... <laughs> Of course, uh, you know, me and a lot of my co-workers couldn't miss the opportunity to see who this special guest was. And I think they might have told us. They well, like, texted right, us at like 7 a.m. Right, the was. day of, and was like, it's Howard Schultz. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, it means
3: Taylor Swift bailed on them.
2: Yeah, we were thinking it might be Taylor <laughs> Swift, but.
0: Um, <laughs> All right, not one of the Jonas Brothers or uh, Beyonce or uh, Jay-Z.
2: Right. No. Actually, no, I think Joe Jonas does promotions for them. So Joe Jonas, if you're listening, oh. come to our side. We have union <laughs> buttons. <laughs>
0: okay. okay. Um, uh, Mr. Jonas there, the challenge has been put forth. But so, okay. So you, so you find out at seven in the morning that the surprise guest is going to be Howard Schultz. And so uh, you go and you, uh, what, what, what's the first thing you do? I guess, you know, change into something more formal, uh put on put on your uh Easter Sunday uh dress uh what what exactly happened at that moment when you learned it was Howard Schultz
2: so I think a lot of us actually uh grabbed our Union (laughs) t-shirt that was probably dirty and needed a wash but threw it on anyway and decided to head down to the Hilton which oh the best part of the story is that they gave us um they were supposed to pay for our parking. And turns out <laughs> the validation tickets they gave us didn't work. So that was fun um, at the end of the night. But so we all drive down. Wow. <laughs>
0: um, that's really, I mean, seriously, when you promise validated parking, at least if you promise that in LA, you know, other cities, you know, they're going to take care of you.
2: You got to deliver. Uh,
0: yeah. But in Buffalo, that's just, that's humiliating, frankly. <laughs>
2: Um, And so, you know, I think the the evening started with, uh, who was it that spoke first, Jazz, Deanna. We had Deanna, who um, is the regional vice president um, in this area, and, um, you know, was talking about her experience with Starbucks and, you know, how much it meant for her and how excited she was for the special guest, which, of course, is Howard Schultz. And, um, you know, that was all good and fine. Um, but just if I could describe Howard's hour long speech, it was essentially a billionaire talking to hourly wage workers and saying, who asked Starbucks to give you guys health care? Nobody. Who asked you, who asked us to give you things like Spotify? Forced us. Yeah. Forced us and, um, ASU tuition. Nobody. Um, So it was just very uh, interesting, the speech. And then, of course, I'll let Jazz tell the end of the story, which is the best part. Well, there's two
3: best parts, I think. The first one was that he, not convinced that he had made his point by um, talking about how wonderful he and his benefits were, decided to tell a story about his rabbi um, on a trip to Israel telling him, that he should, or telling him a story about how prisoners during the Holocaust shared blankets in concentration camps with their fellow prisoners, and how Howard took that and said, everything we've tried to do at Starbucks is just that, share our blanket. Um, Because I don't think that that was a very appropriate thing. And then when he got some flack for it, he was just like, well, I've told this story before. But the other best part was... Wow,
0: that was a a cringe moment. Uh, So it must get better after this, right?
3: It does. Um, Because I don't know how no one interrupted Howard because some of the things he was saying were wild. But we waited very respectfully for him to finish and get through his monologue. And then Gianna, one of the organizing committee leaders uh, from the Camp Road store, got up. And asked him, said, no one has responded to our requests that Starbucks sign the fair election principles and actually, you know, agree to stop their union busting. Will you do that? Um, and actually, like, talk to us partner to partner. And he fled the room while Gianna was surrounded by corporate people and physically pushed back.
0: And what part of the Niagara River did they find her in?
3: <laughs> Luckily, she's alive and well. Oh, good.
0: <laughs> Wow, that took courage.
3: Yeah. It was spectacular. After that, she's our hero. She is our hero. After that, people from all over the district, including stores that haven't had a strong union committee as of yet, came up. And one person was like, I've had this union pin in my purse for the past two months, and I'm wearing it tonight for the first time. It was powerful.
0: Wow. You know, uh, as you guys continue to succeed here union wise, you know how Starbucks has that that special holiday holiday cup. Uh, uh the, I think when this is over, uh there should be a special Labor Day weekend cup uh with her uh photo on the on the cup.
3: Uh, she would not like moment, that. So that's a moment of we definitely have to do with that.
0: <laughs> what was her what was her name again?
3: Gianna Reeve.
0: Her. Okay, so Gianna Reeve on the Labor Day weekend uh Starbucks cup labor labor hero
2: labor hero that's for yes. sure yes
0: so th- i assume when this thing started rolling you started organizing at these different starbucks locations um what 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 was the most sinister thing that happened in terms of them trying to put an end to this to or to the people who were doing it um um like you said you had informational meetings so you got the whole spiel about how um you know that what I'm I'm sure the spiel didn't include the Holocaust story. Uh, <laughs> I would I mean I'm hoping that it didn't. If, if
3: only Howard would, would just, go give, there. Give us a
0: flavor of what that was uh, was like.
3: I mean I think the most insidious thing they did. The meetings were bad and scary and anxiety inducing certainly. But the worst thing was, you know, there's no cafeteria spaces. There's no non work areas. We were talking to people in the back room on lunch break, signing people up even, you know, at the espresso bar. And they brought in managers from across the country. I think 100 out-of-state partners is actually a conservative estimate, to be honest, across all of Buffalo. And they made sure that there was always someone reporting back to corporate at every part of the day. And in some stores, they tried to be super nice to us. In some stores, they you know, started putting partners on final written warnings. Um, but regardless of their tactics, they came in and completely disrupted our stores, made it really hard to have conversations at work, and completely changed what it felt like. They took stores from, you know, being fun, laid-back, um, energetic places to work and made them into anxiety-inducing um very unfamiliar places
2: right yeah and you know they they didn't do what I think a lot of people were really scared about like they don't they didn't come in and fire people but what they did was have this nice guy attitude um, which I think was um, sometimes worse in some ways because they made you feel it was just gaslighting so you would have these anti-union meetings um, and they their line is we're just giving you the facts and they're not facts they're half truths. And when, you know, any um, union sympathizer would speak up, they would say, well, that's your opinion. So just a constant, um, just constant gaslighting, um, you know, for one of the final meetings at the three stores before they voted, they refused to let some of the more vocal union leaders into meetings. They locked them out of their own stores. Well, then they they tried to turn the folks
3: who are inside that meeting against the people that they were keeping outside and tell them, you know, those people can't be trusted. They're not going to be there for you. Um, if you vote for the union, we're not going to let you transfer to any other stores for college, like literally everything they could throw at them.
2: And right. Those are all hollow threats. That's not going to happen, but you know, they, they use their words literally to try to scare people. That's exactly what they're trying to do is scare and intimidate. And luckily in a lot of cases it didn't work. Um, but it's, it's got to stop. And as these campaigns continue to pop up around the country, that's been the biggest demand is the union busting has to stop here and now. It's unacceptable. Well,
3: and, and now Elmwood is the first, was the first uh, certified Starbucks in the U.S. And now Genesee is also certified. Um and as and these we're, are
0: would you call them suburbs of Buffalo Genesee and, and Elmwood
3: Elmwood is a neighborhood in central Buffalo so it's
0: so that's in the city in
3: the city yes Genesee is in Chictawaga which is um, a suburb of Buffalo right okay but as we're looking to bargain our you know first contracts our number one ask of the company is that they actually put the fair election principles into the contract and you know, the Buffalo is the ending of their union busting campaign because Hmm. our number one priority is making sure that no partners have to go through what we went through and that everybody can have the same right to organize that we are fighting for.
0: Right. Right. Wow. That's so important to do that. That's really good that you guys are are doing that. So of the, of the three there, the three stores that have been organizing, Two um, have voted in uh, the union. Is that correct?
2: Correct. Yes.
0: And and the other one is where where are you at in the process with that one?
3: Well, so we did not win that vote. There were some ballots that were delivered to the NLRB office, but were misplaced. Um, honestly, not a hundred percent sure what is going on there, um, but. I think the union busting disruption was so great that, you know, if I think, I think the, we were asking the NLRB to examine that election because it certainly, you know, Starbucks laughed at us for asking for a fair election. It wasn't a fair election. Right.
4: Wow.
2: I think the whole process honestly just highlighted to me who, you know, before this didn't really have any idea about labor law, but having experienced this just shows it's not labor law, it's, it's corporations law. It's, it's not for workers. It was never for us. And every single thing that we've overcome to get to this point has, has been exactly that us overcoming yet another obstacle. Um, you know, when those first three stores filed for a petition for an election, they didn't get it for another three or so months. And that was a tactic by Starbucks. So they could do things like host these meetings and send in managers
3: um, I mean, we, have, we had more stores in the area file for elections, and they closed one of those stores and turned it into a training store. And because of, you know, Starbucks using Trump labor board loopholes and delay tactics that they enabled, um, they've managed to make sure that that store that they completely disrupted and closed for over a month at least, um, well over a month, maybe two became a um still hasn't gotten to actually vote in their union.
0: Well this has been big news across the country. And uh even people that don't pay attention to labor news or um news entities that don't bother to cover anything to do with labor, uh this has this has broken through. And so you know people know about this around the country. I would assume that workers at other Starbucks or other similar entities have probably contacted you to figure out, Hey, how'd you do this? And what can we do? Is that, has that happened?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Almost every day we get requests to help on our Instagram or Twitter or email or whatever platform they can reach us, reach us at there. They're reaching out because I think, like we said before, so many people had this idea to, want to unionize before and just didn't know where to start or didn't think that it was possible. But you know, it, it, what we've said from the start is it only takes one and and we've done that. We And we got two actually, we got Elmwood and Genesee. So we, we only needed one, we got two. And I think the floodgates are kind of opening um, to the possibility that we, we can do this. We can stand together and um, fight back and, and have yeah, a better. It's
0: inspiring. Yeah. So 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 every day you get contacted do you have a sense when you're when you're done either communicating uh, via email or or twitter or or on the phone do you get a sense that wow this is going to happen in Cleveland or Seattle or wherever like do you have a sense or or do you just think oh my god they don't know what they're getting into uh, this will never happen
3: it's incredibly energizing i was talking to um some partners who are, are not public yet, so I can't say where, um, but it was incredibly energizing to see you know, them start figuring out over the course of the conversation that this really was something that was going to happen and that they could make happen. And I think there's at least 18 petitions that have been filed after Buffalo. Um, so it's spreading like wildfire now.
0: Eight, 18 at Starbucks? Yes. Oh, so we're not talking about other service uh, uh, food entities. Just 18 more have been filed since what you, what you did up there.
2: Since that's the first three? Yeah, that includes six in Buffalo as well. No, that includes three,
3: the next three in Buffalo. I don't think it includes the first three. It does. Oh, okay. Sorry.
0: <laughs> hey, whatever it is. That's a lot. That's
4: no, a
3: I lot. I did this so that I don't sound so stupid, <laughs> no, right? Don't sound stupid.
0: <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, though? That's a lot. That's I I never would have expected that it it already uh, 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 that a wildfire had been started here in Buffalo.
2: And I'll tell you what, too. It's not just I think it's incredible. You're not just seeing this in like, you know, what you think of like liberal areas. It's not just New York or, you know, no, no one has even launched in in California or anything. It's been Knoxville, Tennessee, Tallahassee, Florida, you know, like places like where you don't even think that this would happen, but it's happening because people want it. You know, people are are saying like enough is enough. And I think it's like a generational thing too, where this economic system that we have is not working and people are saying, what can we do? And I think we're seeing unions as the the solution.
0: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Why? Because this is, something has happened certainly during the pandemic, a lot of people have had time to reflect and consider how we want to live our lives. I think this seems to be part of a larger movement. The fact that like in uh, the last numbers we have for November, four and a half million workers quit, just outright quit their jobs in just one month. And then there's all the others who have been quietly getting the union cards quietly uh, doing the organizing and then not so quietly and the walkouts that have taken place, the actual strikes that have taken place with places that are already unionized. And then Kellogg's, Kellogg's of Battle Creek, Michigan, huge strike. And, and at the end of these strikes, people seem a lot or maybe a little, but maybe a lot happier. I mean, do you get a sense that, that you are Not only part of this moment, but you are helping to create this incredible movement and moment that we are in when it comes to people who work. And I mean, W, capital W, work for a living.
3: (laughs) I mean, I think certainly because it's Starbucks, there is a certain amount of attention that um, our campaign is getting that I think means people are realizing this is truly possible. I think, you know, the turnover in this industry is higher than ever, but it's always been high. And that's been kind of an accepted fact of doing business. I mean, even as we've been organizing, people are like, well, if you don't like it, why why not just leave? And we're like, but we do like it. We just want it to be better. And I think that's something that, you know, Starbucks might have tested with their union-busting campaign, but the partners truly do love working at Starbucks and care about this company, or, you know, we would have
0: walked. When you say, that's very interesting the way you put that. People say to you, why don't you just quit? Well, actually, we do like working here. We just think it can be better. Define better for the people that are listening.
2: I mean, the biggest thing is, you know because it's a public facing job, like we are the ones, the baristas are the ones that are in the stores day in and day out doing the work, interacting with customers. Like we're we're the face of Starbucks without baristas. I know people like to say the robots can come in, but they have not worked <laughs> at Starbucks if they think that robots are going to make your caramel macchiato the way you want it with extra caramel drizzle. It's just not the way it works. <laughs> yeah. So we are the ones that are in the stores day in and day out. We know how to make these stores work the best. You know, I think People like to, th- like to say things like workers are against technology and things like that. We're not. Like, we we know that tech can work for us. We just want to say and how it works and how to make our stores the best they can be. Because at the end of the day, we're going to have the best ideas. So it's about, you know, having a, a voice, a say, a seat at the table. But, you know, to make it better, I also think that if you're working 40 hours a week, when you're on your feet all day, like literally running around... Um, Like, you shouldn't have to have another job. You shouldn't have to work 80 hours a week to have a a decent standard of living. And I think that's the number one thing in this industry is, you know, people have two, three, four jobs sometimes. And there's no reason for that. There's no reason for that at all, especially with a company that just gave their CEO a $20 million bonus in the middle of a global pandemic. Like, it's unacceptable. There's also like
3: people keep pouring themselves to build on what you're saying. People are pouring themselves into this job and giving so much of themselves to make, you know, the store work to make customers happy to do all of these things. And then they're still completely disposable. There was no seniority pay. Um, My 11 year coworker who had been, Who was in many ways the leader of the campaign was making just 16 cents more than me. Um, And I was making the same as a new hire. Um, And I think, you know, there was no recognition for the long term people and no valuing. Partners shouldn't have to go hide in the back because a customer is being creepy. And I don't think there's really anybody who's worked at a Starbucks who hasn't done that or knows multiple people who are doing that. Um, And I think this is a way to make sure that our voices are actually heard and that we're actually protected.
0: Right. Right. It's, it's really the, it's, it's not so much this picky uni stuff that people think uh, that you guys and, and anybody, frankly, that wants to join a union, that, that you are looking at this in a much more global way. And by global, I don't mean around the world, the actual planet. I mean, there are larger issues afoot here of how we are going to be treated and how we are going to treat others. And, and we're in the 21st century. We are not going to live like people had to live in the 18th or 19th or 20th centuries. And, and I think, if I may say just personally, that, that your generation, uh, people who are in their teens and 20s and uh, early 30s even, uh, even <laughs> um, that, and I don't mean to put this kind of pressure on you, but, but I'm, I'm gratified for you stepping up and, and offering to lead the way and to, and to fix the things that we in the older generations uh, we did our best, we did good things, but we didn't, we didn't hand you the way it should be. And now you have to do it. Is that okay to say it that way? Or, it, or do you just want to say to me, shut the fuck up and go back to doing what you should have been doing, <laughs> which is giving us a life that, uh, where, wor- where work and labor was done with respect and we were treated as equal human beings.
3: I mean, I think we're building on the movements of the past. Um, I don't think it's a completely a generational divide, although I think there's certainly a generational shift that you know what's happened before um, hasn't you know worked, and we need a return to unions. But no, I'm. I mean, our organizer is seventy years old. is the most amazing person I've ever met, and wow, you You're know, we who bonded-
0: helped organize. Your the these uh, Buffalo Starbucks locations seventy years old.
3: His name is Richard Bensinger. He's amazing. He, I mean, he and I bonded over our love of Phil Oaks, uh, folk music. So perhaps I am actually a boomer as well, but, um, wow. I mean, he's the best organizer since Joe Hill, and maybe better. But he doesn't like it if I say that.
0: <laughs> What's his name again? Richard Bensinger. R-
3: Richard Bensinger, who also Bensinger.
0: You know, we have to put him on the opposite side of the Starbucks Labor Day cup.
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: the, one that, the one that Gianna is on, on the other side is is uh, Richard at, at 70 years old.
2: We wow. love him. He likes to call us... Uh- I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if Jazz likes the term, but he's been pushing it. Uh, gen U, yeah, Generation Union. Um, and maybe that can include everybody. I love that. Maybe it doesn't have to just be young people. It can be anybody who is fed up with their generation and wants to join a new one. We're an inclusive duh, gen U.
0: <laughs> right, right. Wow. So, okay, so where do we go from here? What What do we do with what we've learned and you've learned in your success? Um how do we how do we make this spread across the country and and around the world? because there are people listening to this in many countries um, uh, who work not only at Starbucks, but all kinds of American, especially fast food places and would love to know that there was a possibility that they could show up to work, be paid what they should be paid, and be treated with dignity.
3: Well, right now we're in a fight for our lives to get a good first contract because winning the election, Is certainly a milestone and certainly something that I think has been a catalyst for a lot of folks trying to organize. But we have to get a contract, and that means that we have to actually break through Starbucks union busting, because we're fighting for the right to organize for everybody, and we're fighting for, you know, a better standard for the partners in Buffalo who are going to be covered by this contract, and for everybody else who's going to be negotiating a contract in the future. So I think we need as much public support as possible to actually call on Starbucks, to negotiate with us in good faith, to stop fighting the union in Buffalo and in all of the other cities that are organizing, and to truly realize that, you know, our slogan from the beginning of the union campaign has been partners becoming partners, because we're only asking them to live up to their words, to live up to their mission and values, and do the right thing which they already say that they do so it shouldn't be that hard to make good on it
0: that's a really good point what can i do what can i do for you
3: this is where you come in with the camera crew (laughs)
0: yes
3: (laughs) (laughs) i think we should have you know a where where is howard schulter maybe where is kevin johnson kevin hasn't shown his face the entire campaign
2: only on uh what's that show the money show oh Mm -hmm. right
3: he went on jim kramer he to, tell, to say Kramer, that a union was unnecessary.
2: That it's a third party. That's been like their, their other like classic line a union is a third party, um, which of course is not true. We are the union, but yeah, he he's made, I think two appearances on, on Kramer, but, but you know, Kramer did have Michelle on. So that was good too. <laughs> right.
0: So, um, but, but the people who are listening um, who aren't going to make a movie, what can they do? What can they do to, uh, People who are listening to this right now, what can they do starting uh, tomorrow? Even the smallest of things, especially people that go to Starbucks.
2: Right. I would. I would just say. I mean, especially Starbucks customers, they listen to them honestly a whole lot more than they listen to us. Um, like call on Starbucks, whether that's like on social media or when you're in the store or wherever you can to and call corporate. Call corporate. Like tell them to stop their union busting. Go on. They have a huge following on Instagram. Go and comment to stop union busting because, you know, because Starbucks um, presents themselves. Right. Because they present themselves as this progressive company. It's not a good look for them. It's not a good look that they're treating their workers like this. They're treating the people that they call partners like this. And until they see that enough is enough and customers are saying that, too, then they're going to continue with this behavior. Um, So we need all the public support we can get to. To say that this is unacceptable and it has to stop.
3: In the beginning of the Black Lives Matter protest, Starbucks told partners, you know, no to wearing Black Lives Matter masks or pins or anything. And partners tried to protest and didn't get very far. Then customers stepped in and suddenly the policy was changed. We already know that Starbucks is writing in their shareholder letters that union busting could hurt their image and be bad for business. We just need more customers to tell them that it is.
0: Have you tried that number yet?
2: Yes, so you actually do get a person. Um, You do? Yeah, I don't think it's a, I think they they, um, like have a a company that probably runs it, but um, you do get to talk to a person.
0: Uh, Okay, let's give that number again, Donald. Have you tried it yet?
4: I haven't tried it yet. You can even have you dial it yourself if you want. The number for Starbucks customer service is 1-800 Okay, 800 782
0: 782 7282 Seven two eight two. All right, we're going to see if we can get uh, Starbucks uh, headquarters. Uh, we're going to get the, make sure we got the right number and uh, get them on the phone. So uh, while our our crack engineering team is setting this up, uh, we had not planned to do this. So we're just uh, we're just going to do this on the fly.
4: Welcome and thank you for calling Starbucks Coffee Company. We are here to help. Pour continuer en
0: français, appuyez sur le deux. Oh, wee wee
4: wee! If you are calling about a Starbucks card or Starbucks rewards program, press one. For questions or feedback about one of our stores, our products, or our company, press two. To repeat this menu, press stop. If you would like to chat with us online, press one now and we'll text you a link. Message and data rates may apply. Otherwise, please stay on the line. Okay. I
0: want to talk to a person.
4: This call may be recorded for quality purposes. I Please so. hold while we transfer you to the next available representative.
0: It is being recorded. Did you know the? Can I help you? Oh yes. Uh, hi. What What is your name? Hello. My name is. <clears throat> you know, Donald. We have to cut his name out. I'm. I. I don't know if I'm more worried about the. Uh, uh, the Nicaraguan government, <laughs> or the government of Starbucks Incorporated, but. Uh, um, let's just not get him in any trouble. Where are you at?
4: Uh, where are we are located?
0: Yeah, where are you located?
4: Um, Central America.
0: In, in Gu- Guatemala? Uh,
4: no, Nicaragua.
0: Oh, Nicaragua. Oh, I've been there. It's a beautiful country. Listen, um, the reason I'm calling is I'd like to, uh, have you give a message, uh, to, uh, the corporate executives, uh, uh at Starbucks. And my name is Michael Moore M O O R E, and um, I would like uh, to tell them that I, uh, as a customer, because of the oatmeal, I want Starbucks to support its workers who want to start a union. Unions are great things. They built this country. They gave us the middle class, and um, and I and I just I've been reading about. Uh, starbucks workers organizing uh, unions and i really uh... i want to say as a starbucks customer how much i am in support of that and i'm against any business uh... that tries to stop its workers in this case it's partners uh... from uh... uh forming a forming union did, did you get all that
4: absolutely i can understand all your comments and let me right now make a report to share with the specialist team, your situation, okay? Your comments about this specific situation that is going there and about the rights of the different um, employees that we have. Um, you know, they have, like, the right to do it, and absolutely that we are going to be here to help them and to support them and at the same time to uh, get all the feedback that we need to get in order to understand how do you feel about
0: it. So that way, let me share the feedback right now, Okay. I would be so appreciative of you if you did that. Uh, it would mean a lot to, to me, and I'm telling you, I know it will mean a lot to thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people who go to Starbucks every day and, and who want to support the workers in their rights uh, uh, to form a union.
4: Excellent. So let me tell you that we have like a phone number for the corporate office. So in that way, if you want to reach them, I can provide that information to you right
0: now. Oh, good. Please. Thank you
4: corporate office phone number
0: let's see you know when I was growing up Nicaragua um, had a dictator his name was uh, Somoza did you ever read about him yeah. in school or yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah that is the like the part of history of this
4: country that many many people know because it was so so difficult right
0: difficult and Very difficult. we have
4: like a like a civil war here
0: yes uh,
4: for that you know, to uh, remove them from the power. Thank so God. That was, yeah.
0: Thank God. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Because,
4: you know, many people were suffering that um, system that was against uh, civil rights and, and human rights, too. So, absolutely, that was no good. But right now, you know, it uh, could be different. But, you know, we are doing what we can
0: do. <laughs> You're doing, I know. I, be, I don't want to get you in any trouble. You're doing what you can do. I've been following it on the news. Just know that, that as, as an American, as part of a country, sadly, that supported the old dictator many, many years ago, um, that, um, I'm a big believer in leaving other countries alone to sort out their own political issues and, uh, and not, not have the United States invading or doing whatever, you know, we've, we've done for many, many years. So, uh, good luck with all of that. And, and, uh, Uh, you know, I wish the best for you and the people of Nicaragua. I really enjoyed my time there.
4: Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, I really appreciate your words. And let me tell you that, yeah, from all the mistakes that we made, we learned. So I think that right now we are ready to start a new thing and try to do the things better. I hope that it is going to happen, right, and that we can, like, have a better future. Um, so you know this is something that we have to learn in the way as you learn as a as uh, as a citizen of the United States. I know a little bit about your history and I really know all the different uh periods of um, of time where you had to suffer many things and that you were that you have been fighting for many reasons too so and you have been able to have like a big country and an amazing country right now so
0: Right. That is awesome, you know. Right. No, I think most countries have. I mean, we had slavery, right? Um, we wouldn't let we wouldn't let women vote for almost 150 years. So yes, we all we all go through these things, and generally throughout history, I think uh, good wins out over evil. Um, so, um, uh, uh, Nicaragua, I think, is probably already. Halfway there for having gotten rid of the dictator, and you'll get there uh, in through your, your, what you're going through now. So good luck with that, and God bless. And, oh, by the way, I need that corporate number uh, for Starbucks. Absolutely.
4: I will provide to you that phone number. So I was looking for
0: it, so just give me a moment. So are you ready? Yes, sir.
4: Uh, actually, I have the facts of this of
0: that corporate office, and um, the phone that is here, I don't know if it's going to work, if it is uh, accurate, that is the 206-447-1575. 206-447-1575, and that is, a, is that a phone number, or is that a fax number? Uh, this is the phone number. Got it. Do you, you guys still, we still have faxes in uh, Nicaragua.
4: Um, have you ever been here?
0: I have I, been to Nicaragua twice, yes. <laughs> really? Yes. Oh, yeah. Amazing. The uh, stay in the old Intercontinental Hotel. I stayed there in uh, in downtown uh, Managua, and uh, and then uh, we drove up uh, to Honduras. Then we and then we decided we wanted to see both the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean. so What you know, and because you live there, you can drive across the country in a lot less time than it takes to drive across the United States to see the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean. So, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No. No. It's uh. It's wonderful, and you have that, and you have that beautiful country to the north of you, uh, Costa Rica, um, and uh, yeah, that's true. So, no, no, but wonderful country, wonderful people. All right, my friend, have a good night, and uh, pass on my uh, concerns uh, to Starbucks. Do the right thing.
4: Absolutely, we will.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Be well, my friend.
4: The same for you, and have an amazing year too.
0: Okay. Oh yes, please. Let's have. A good one. We need it right now. Absolutely, with all these things happening, but you know, we will be, we will be good. We will be good. Thank you, sir. Have a yeah. good night. Ah. you're welcome. Thank you po- for you. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Wow. You know, I wanted to ask him to just to describe for me in English what venti meant. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like. I know. <laughs> well, now we have the corporate number too. We didn't have that before. So.
0: <laughs> well, we got the corporate number. So, so my friends who are listening to Rumble, um, we will publish uh, both the eight hundred number uh, that uh, is listed, but we're also going to publish uh, the corporate number here on my uh, on my Rumble site, uh, so that you can call them and like and and ser- give them a serious phone call. Don't dink around like I was doing. Give them a serious phone call and tell them how often you go to Starbucks and how and how much you want them in fact you insist that they treat their workers their partners well and um and that they do not try to union bust and they support them uh that unions are a good thing the reason they're a good thing is (laughs) is because families that grow up with union heads of household have it just so much better and are able to participate in the society we have and are able to afford a $7 cup of coffee. I don't know. Is it really? I don't know how much it is. It
4: really it
2: is that much.
0: Oh, no. I made that up. Okay.
2: <laughs> I get. I see. I'm only
0: going in for the oatmeal.
2: For those of you who get the ice chives, I don't know how you, Then they get pricey. of like some sweet cream foam, some drizzle. You're getting up there.
0: How much? If I get the drizzle. On top of all that sweet chai business, what am I paying?
2: Uh, if you get like an ice venti chai with like pump of brown sugar, sweet cream foam and drizzle, that's like a nine, $9 drink.
0: A $9 drink. Oh, Mr. Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> and board of directors of Starbucks. Come on. You got to share the chai. You got to share the chai.
3: The other thing about calling corporate is we know that there's folks at all levels of this company that are supportive, um, including in headquarters. Um, So, you know, I guess just to make the point, the company is union busting, but if you're calling them, there might be some friends there. So,
0: Yes. Well, for instance, the man I just spoke to in Central America working for Starbucks, I didn't use the words human rights. He did. In describing your situation, you know, yeah, I mean, just think about that. Um, you're right. There are there are people in all companies that feel the way we feel, and and just wish that they hope that there's they're not alone, and they aren't alone. And that's a very good point you just made. And so, so um, treat the pe- people you are calling at Starbucks with with respect, but be firm in terms of your feelings and how you are not going to be going to Starbucks if this is the situation in terms of how the workers are treated. And uh, I will have on my podcast, on my platform page here, um, uh, if you don't want to call, I'll have the phone numbers. If you don't want to call, uh, we'll have the uh, email address uh, where you can write to, to Starbucks. That's a, that's a good and easy thing for all of us to do. And, um, if we have 150,000 people listening to this over the next weeks or days or whatever, man, that's a lot of communication with the people who run Starbucks to let them know how we feel about this. Um, so thank you for suggesting that idea. I hope it didn't get you in any trouble. Um, but, uh. I think you're actually already in enough trouble already. If you're, you're just,
2: <laughs> good um, trouble. Yeah. Good troublemakers over here.
3: <laughs> good
0: troublemakers. If you're in college, maybe don't drop out yet. Um, we so, graduated.
3: We're good. <laughs> oh, you're, you've graduated. Oh,
0: you've got a degree. Okay. No problem. Um, but seriously, this has been great. Is there any final words you want to say? Anything maybe that we didn't cover um, uh, to the people who are listening? The microphone is yours.
2: The point is that everybody deserves the right to organize and to have a seat at the table. And, you know, Starbucks has a metaphorical seat at their boardroom table where they um, say they consider the voices of of workers, of partners, as we're called. Um, But then why is it empty? And that's what we're doing is trying to fill that seat at the table. Um, And we're just trying to make it a better place and a better place to work at the end of the day.
0: Just so I understand... The board, when they meet at Starbucks, they have uh, an empty seat at the table, and that is to represent the workers' partners of Starbucks. <laughs> yes. Wow.
3: And they yeah. had a vote um, in the past year to try to get an actual barista in that seat, and the sh- board of directors urged shareholders to vote that down. So it did not pass, which says a lot. Wow.
0: Do you know that like, in, there are a n- number of countries where up to half of the board has to be elected by the workers' partners of the company? Did you know that? In Germany, for instance, I think it's 50-50 there. Some countries it's 51-49, you know, 51 in favor of the owners. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, it is the law of the land in many uh, progressive countries that the workers are very much represented. Not token real representation on the board of directors should put that into the request too (laughs) make it make that one a venti
1: yeah
0: (laughs) and put some drizzle on it it. damn nine dollars for the drizzle and did you say a pump of brown sugar
3: and the sweet cream foam which is definitely the you know how many blenders does it take to make a drink sometimes i think (laughs) we should have a competition
0: right wow Okay, so listen, uh, we're all going to do our best to uh, support you and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Keep us informed. I'll be talking about it. I'll be posting about it. Um, uh, People around the country, when you hear that the local Starbucks, uh, the workers are trying to organize there, go in there and support the hell out of them and, and let the manager and the people there know how much you want this Starbucks. I want union. I want union coffee in my hands. <laughs> I want a union frappuccino. I've never seen I've never seen a union frappuccino.
3: <laughs> if you come to I'm Buffalo honest. we'll make you one. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh. <laughs> that I'm putting that one down. <laughs> I my I I'm my when I, I'm, see my I've already got my when I when I'm the when I'm allowed to drive back to Michigan. I'm going to go up uh, through upstate New York. I'm going to cross what's the the Peace Bridge is that it? Yep,
3: 5 what's, blocks yeah, from that, my house.
0: That goes across uh, uh the Niagara River there go into Ontario and then you just stay on that road and I, that's how I get to Flint. You know, you just go, don't go down toward Detroit. You just stick over to Sarnia and, uh, and Port Huron and uh, and I'm home. And on the way there, I'm going to stop into a Union Starbucks and have a Union Frappuccino. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh man, this is, this is, I will bring my camera for this one. We'll have a, we'll make a little short out of it.
2: <laughs> Sounds amazing. And then we'll visit our friend Howard Schultz.
0: And then we'll visit Howard Schultz. And and by the way, too, uh, we have to do the taste test. So there'll be one Frappuccino that's Union and another Frappuccino that isn't Union. (laughs) And then I have to guess which one was Union made.
2: (laughs) You know what they say, happy workers, happy Frappuccinos. (laughs) I don't know what they say. I've never. (laughs) That's what I I say. say.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. We have been talking to Jazz Brizick and to Casey Moore. No relation. Both of them. (laughs) workers, partners at the Starbucks up in the Buffalo and Buffalo area and organizers, organizers of the first two uh, union Starbucks up in, up in the neck of the woods and more to come. Thank you both of you, jazz and Casey uh, for what you've done and for being here on rumble.
3: Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much. This has been great.
0: Okay. My friends keep at it and, and please know you can always uh, contact me for any support. Uh, I've got your back, as do hundreds and hundreds of thousands of others. Thank you for this.
3: Thank you. We're going to take you up on that.
0: Oh, I hope you do. I'll be <laughs> disappointed if you don't. Union Frappuccino, non-union Frappuccino. <laughs> we, we want to get to the place where there are no such things as non-union Frappuccinos. It's, if, if it's a Frappuccino, that's the new slogan. If it's a Frappuccino... It's union.
2: <laughs> that can be Starbucks's new slogan. We just did their whole PR marketing. For-
0: yes, for free.
2: for free. For free. For free.
0: The people are going to be coming through those doors. They should. This is what I don't. That you know the. You know, like I said, my uncle was in the auto workers' uh, fight to form the union. It took a decade or two, but finally, General Motors and Ford they realized, oh my God, you know what? If we pay these workers, partners. Uh, a really good wage, you know what they're going to do with that money? Buy a car. And that's what <laughs> happened. A middle class was created and they all became filthy rich because they paid their workers what they should be paying them. That's, I still to this day, I don't understand when heads of companies don't get that basic math. So there we go. We're done. We're out of here. Thank you. Let's hear it from Buffalo, my friends. Buffalo, New York, and the great. Uh, Starbucks, Workers United, all across the country, it's going to happen. Bless you. Well, thanks again to Jazz and Casey for joining me. And I offer my solidarity to their efforts and their fight for fair pay and representation. And to all people who are trying to form a union who don't want to go back to the old normal, who, who want to be paid a, a living wage and be protected Uh, the things that a union can do for you, Uh, all of you listening to this. uh, uh, Let's take great inspiration from what they've done up in Buffalo at the Starbucks. And if you're out there working a job right now where you know that you aren't being treated fairly, remember, you can do this too. It starts by talking with your coworkers, though, you know, not in front of your boss, but you get my gist, right? And if you want some advice or some help, uh, they'll be on the podcast uh, platform page here, uh, a place where you can uh, go to uh, to talk to uh, union organizers uh, that can answer your questions and, and help you perhaps form a union at your workplace. My thanks here today on Rumble to our executive producer, Basil Hamden, our editor and sound engineer, Nick Quaz, uh, our jack-of-all-trades, and our human test subject, the limits of caffeine appropriate for today's episode Donald Bornstein and everyone who has helped us put this podcast together and to all of you for tuning in much appreciated everybody take care be well and we'll talk soon here on Rumble with Michael Moore.
4: I'm Michael Moore There's power
5: Power in a union. Now I long for the morning that I realize brutality and unjust laws cannot defeat us. But who defend the workers who cannot organize? And the bosses send their lackeys out to cheat us. Money speaks for money, the devil for his eyes.